it's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Welcome to the IHSA Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Rayner. On today's podcast, we're discussing the Electrical Utility Safety Rules, otherwise known as the EUSR. Since 1914, 110 years ago, the Electrical Utility Safety Rules, or EUSR, has been the foundation of health and safety education in the electrical utilities industry. It was first created through the Electrical Employers Association of Ontario, and then maintained by the Electrical and Utilities Safety Association of Ontario, also known as USA, one of IHSA's legacy organizations. And since its first publication in 1914, the EUSR has laid down a set of rules that are the governing principles of safe work for electrical workers who work on or near electrical distribution or transmission systems in Ontario. These workers include power line technicians, utility arborists, and high voltage electrical workers. On today's episode of the IHSA Safety Podcast, we're very pleased to welcome Jeff Ellery. Jeff is part of IHSA's Powerline Apprenticeship and Training Team and also was a member of the working group that oversaw these latest revisions to the EUSR. And Jeff's here today to help us better understand why the EUSR was developed, why it's embedded in Ontario legislation and seen as a best practice within the electrical utilities, who's involved in its evolution, what changes have been implemented starting January 1st, 2024, following an extensive stakeholder consultation. So Jeff's going to cover all that with us today. So Jeff, welcome to the IHSA Safety Podcast. It's great to have you here. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jeff, I would believe that many of our listeners are not aware of the historical significance of the the electrical utility safety rules, or the EUSR, and their influence on today's occupational health and safety legislation in Ontario. Why was the need for a documented set of safety rules so important to the electrical utility industry back in 1914? Yeah, it's a great uh, question, Ken. Uh, 1914, obviously, the early days of electricity, uh, relatively new technology. Uh, We didn't enjoy a lot of the things that we have in place today in the sense of uh, apprenticeship training, health and safety training, uh, different programs like that. So uh, 1914, uh, we saw a high number of incidents, also a high number of workplace fatalities in the electrical utility sector. And um, the book is entitled Accident Prevention Rules. And that's, that's really what it was put in place to do was Uh, try and lower or eliminate uh, as many of those accidents as possible. Right on. And we think about that time, 1914, and it's it's, uh, a stat that I've heard um, was, you know, you know, again, 1914. What's going on in the world? It's the start of World War World War One in Europe, and you know the mortality rate in Ontario for those going out to build the 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 network, Ontario's electrical network, for for um, for power line technicians at that time was, as I understood, 50%. So if you were a parent of a young 18-year-old at the time, and you were, you know, thinking, geez, it was like almost a coin flip, you could send your child out to help build the Ontario um, electrical infrastructure. And if they're a lineman that could look at a, a mortality rate of 50%, or send your child to to World War World War One. I. I mean, it, it sounds like at that time it was sort of, you know, equal uh, in terms of whether they were going to come home. And it just that's amazing to think about that, isn't it, Jeff? Yeah, that's uh, that's correct, Ken. It's uh, it was about fifty percent of the people that signed up uh, to work into the industry were able to uh, progress and carry on through their 
their working career without uh, without having a serious incident or accident. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty difficult decision to make uh, when you're posed those two choices and and uh, looking at uh, potential for for fatality for sure. Wow, and and the the industry's come such a long way. So let's let's get into some of that. Um, and and you know, interestingly enough, and in, in, when this you know, foundational document was written back in in 1914. Um, we find if you go back, there's foundational pieces that are found in our current Ontario's Occupational Health and Safety Act that can be attributed to arguably the, the very first occupational health and safety prevention document created and distributed widely in Ontario. And I think we could say that that was the EUSR. So, Jeff, what, what, are, what were some of those foundational pieces that, you know, that are, were, they decided to put in back in 1914 and we can still find them today in legislation? Yeah, it's actually uh, impressive, Ken, to see the number of uh, things that are similar between not just the the initial original accident prevention rules and today's user, but also, uh, to your point, the Occupational Health and Safety Act. So things like uh, workers' rights, right to know, the right to refuse unsafe work, uh, competent supervision, competent workers, uh, requirements for PPE and uh, what types of personal protective equipment should be in place for for this type of work. Um, some legislation around use of ladders and what types of ladders would be acceptable and uh, as well as rigging uh, equipment that would be used in the trade. Um, also interesting behind the uh, initial rules in the accident prevention rules, uh, they also discuss um, worker resuscitation and uh, first aid. So uh, ties into regulation 1101. Uh, first aid as well. Well, so some incredible, incredible visionaries that helped to put this document together back 110 years ago, right? Just amazing. Now we're talking about current legislation, Jeff. Where can the EUSR be found in Ontario's current occupational health and safety legislation? It's referenced in two places. It's found in the Construction Regulation 181 and the Industrial Regulation 42.2. All right. Let's go to the 2024 edition of the EUSR. On page six, under application, it states, the, it states, the following safety rules have been designed primarily for work in the electrical utility industry. However, the rules apply equally well to any work performed on or in proximity to electrical transmission or distribution systems or apparatus. So that being said, Jeff, what are the type of companies, industries, or activities that should review the EUSR as a best practice to ensure their work is conducted as safely as possible in dealing with high voltage electricity? Yeah, well, I mean, the obvious one is is utility workers. It, it applies directly to them and, and is, is spelt out in legislation. But there are uh, many other groups that uh, would benefit from uh, following these rules and the, the safety that these rules provide. So uh, arborists or utility arborists is, is uh, another one that comes to mind. Uh, telecommunication workers that would, would find themselves working on some of the same uh, infrastructure, same areas. Um, we also, also uh, deal with some of the manufacturing, automotive industries, anyone that has uh, some of their own uh, distribution plant on their on site. Also, generation. We have a number of wind, solar generation facilities out there that would benefit uh, uh, from this legislation as well. Okay. 
Jeff, what about as of today, 2024, who, who's responsible for the maintenance and revisions to the EUSR? And, and then how often is it reviewed and revised? Yeah, so uh, today's, the user as we know it today is, is actually an amalgamation of uh, legacy USA groups, so Electrical Utility Safety Association and Ontario Hydro, Hydro One's uh, legislation. So at one point we had uh, two sets of safety rules that uh, was determined back in 2001 uh, we would work to to unify uh, that legislation to one set of rules. So um, we've been working at that over the last 20 years. And uh, at that time, it was uh, determined to stick with a five-year revision. Um, so how that process works is uh, every five years, uh, January 1st, 2024, obviously this, this latest edition come out, uh, 23 uh, involved meeting with representatives from Hydro One, as well as IHSA uh, representing industry um, to discuss the changes and and make any required revisions. Um, and what about that um, that stakeholder engagement? As I understand, 2023 was uh, involved as well a fairly extensive stakeholder engagement across the province of Ontario. What was the process for for gathering that input and feedback on any changes? Yeah, there's a number of ways we uh, we try and engage industry uh, in the revision year. So. Uh, beginning early in 2023, spring of 2023, um, began traveling around the province, hosting different in-person uh, user review sessions where anyone and everyone who is responsible for following the legislation was able to uh, come and attend and, and discuss any uh, changes or potential changes or, or potential issues um, that they were having. Uh, we also, through through uh, our website, uh, members were able to uh, submit um, any questions, comments, concerns around the user. And also with our, our um, training staff uh, out engaging firms uh, through various training programs, uh, an employer may wish to, to send an email um, to one of our group and uh, pass it along that way as well. Okay, so lots of different avenues for changes. So I take it there were uh, probably a, a significant amount of revisions. So want to get into that as well. Um, uh, first, just letting people know that the the 2024 uh, edition of the USR is now available both in print and online from IHSA. So you can find out more if you go to the IHSA website, uh, go to the news and events page at the very top on the banner, click on that and you'll feel you'll find uh, a recent um, news release on the EUSR and its changes. Um, and uh, so, and then if you're following us on social media, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on X or Twitter or Facebook, um, we've been obviously notifying our membership of the changes as well and that this document is available. So, Jeff, maybe we could just talk a little bit about what are what were the most significant changes to this revision that's now come out of the USR? Uh, yeah, there's there's a number of changes. Uh, some some are more exciting than others. Some are big, some are small. And uh, uh, under 107, uh, we, we've uh, created an addition um, for job planning and uh, basically making sure that workers on site that are involved with job planning uh, are putting their individual signatures on those documents. So um, one of the things we like to reinforce through our training programs is, is those, those job plans are legal documents. And uh, just like any other legal document, uh, it's it's an agreement that that is binding. So uh, making sure that workers are 
making their mark initial signature, um, which would identify that they, they are in understanding of, of what that information is uh, and what the requirements would be. Uh, also, uh, one of the bigger changes under 110, which is first aid, uh, we also now have a requirement for AEDs to be available uh, for workers uh, working in that energized electrical environment. So a requirement now for, uh, for AEDs. So getting a lot of feedback on that one. Uh, and pretty well, well received by industry as well. Any any other significant changes, Jeff, that uh, come to mind? Uh, yeah, so we have, uh, I mentioned it was a jointly constructed rule book. So we do have uh, a couple of remaining supplemental rules, which are rules that uh, um, IHSA and Hydro One haven't been able to come to, to complete agreement on yet. So we did make some headway. Uh, in 135, which is which is rubber glove work and uh, um, moving the rest to rest rubber glove rule requirement into the body of the rules. So uh, now everyone across the province will follow that. Okay, right on. Um, and and Jeff, that's you know talking about consistency across the province. I mean, we have a um, another system that IHSA is is jointly responsible for, which is the Utility Work Protection Code. Right, so that's another one where across the province we're looking at consistency, the way that's performed. How does the EUSR? and the Utility Work Protection Code, otherwise known as the UWPC. How do those two align, Jeff? Yeah, so the Utility Work Protection Code's referenced uh, throughout the electrical utility safety rules, uh, similar to the timeline of uh, merging the, unifying the uh, um, safety rule legislation, but also come to place that uh, provincially we should go to one work protection code document. And uh, uh, that process has taken about 20 years as well. Um, so identified throughout the user, some of you'll find some of the same uh, definitions, some of the same verbiage, uh, but also training requirements, timelines uh, referenced in there as well. Okay, and and Jeff, so what about what about a listener who's now seeking a little bit of further information on the USR? What would you recommend for them to do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can hop onto uh, IHSA's website. You can find. Uh, uh, request for training programs. Uh, you could reach out to IHSA uh, through that format. You could also reach out to uh, any of the trainers that you may have uh, coming in to deliver various training programs um, and request information that way. Okay. So Jeff Ellery, thank you very much for being with us to help us better understand what the EUSR is all about. As we talked about, this is arguably the first prevention document that was ever published and publicized and distributed in in, in Ontario, uh, going back 110 years. So it's it's amazing to, to see it continuing to live and breathe and expand and evolve to be able to meet the needs of the work that we do in 2024. So Jeff, thank you very much for being a part of this today and helping us better understand the EUSR. Yeah, thank you, Ken. Appreciate the opportunity. And thank you to the listeners for listening to the IHSA Safety Podcast and our podcast on the electrical utility safety rules. Be sure to subscribe and like us on your podcast channel and visit us at ihsa.ca for a wealth of health and safety resources and information. The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening. Each year, about 5,000 IHSA Supervisor Logbooks are ordered for supervisors across Ontario. Why is the logbook so popular? Because it was developed by the industry for the industry. That's what makes it unique. 
IHSA thanks the members of the Labor Management Network and advisory councils who contributed their knowledge, experience, and time to the preparation of this supervisor logbook. Contact IHSA at 1-800-263-5024. That's 1-800-263-5024. Or visit IHSA.ca. That's IHSA.ca.